Good morning, Lakes Free Church. So good to be able to worship with all of you this morning. My name is Stephen. I'm one of the pastors here. It's, uh, it's just a joy. It's a delight to be able to see all of your faces. And well, even, even those of you who are at home joining us and worship, worshiping with us from afar, we're, uh, we're delighted to be able to worship together as a, as a congregation in his name. What a joy. Um, if you are new here, if this is your first Sunday with us, please stop by the Next Step desk out in the uh, foyer on your way out. They actually have a gift waiting for you. So if this is your first Sunday, um, I know some of you are going to try to sneak in there just to get the extra gift, even though it's not your first Sunday. So they do have your names and your photos, and they will be watching for you. So, but if this is your first Sunday, please feel free to stop in there. Um, I just want to go over a few announcements today as we prepare our hearts for worship. First, I want to highlight the, uh, I want to highlight the white roses that we have over there. M- many of you are aware that J316 was happening this past week, and that, that is the result of those. Those, uh, those white roses represent the number of kids that came to Christ this past week at J316 at our, at our soccer camp. So, so those are kids who are both from our community, both from our church, but also from our broader community. Those are neighbors. Those are, those are kids from the community. So, uh, so this is just something that we can celebrate and we can rejoice over. Just a phenomenal thing. My understanding is over 10 children came to Christ this week. So we can rejoice on that. Absolutely. And just one other announcement to highlight, coming up, actually, th- this coming Sunday on the 18th, July 18th, we're going to be having our baptism info class, because we're having our baptism service coming up soon in August. So if you are thinking, if you're considering doing baptism this year, then please be there for that. This is not a commitment. This doesn't mean, okay, I showed up for class, so now I have to be baptized. That's not what this means. This is an opportunity to learn more about baptism and what baptism means. So if you are intending to be baptized this, uh, this August, then please join us for that class. Again, that'll be this coming Sunday during second service, July 18th. Let's, uh, let's, let's prepare our hearts for worship with some prayer. Father, we just thank you so much for this morning. Lord, you are good. You are holy. You are mighty. You are glorious. You are fantastic beyond all, our, beyond our, all of our understandings, beyond all of our imaginations. Father, we rejoice in this opportunity to be able to gather together as your people to worship in your presence. Father, you are so good. I pray that you would just, you would just be with us during this time, Lord, that you would be working in our hearts, that your spirit would be moving us, Lord, that he would lift songs of praises from our heart to you, and Lord, that this would just be a glorious time, Father, as we, as we worship you both in, both in song and worship you in hearing, uh, hearing the proclamation of your word. Father, please just guide every step of this service, Lord. Set your people's eyes upon you. Father, we thank you so much for this. We, we pray all of this through your Son and by your Spirit. Amen. On that note, I also have the joy of being able to introduce Blake and Jenna Bullerjack. We have some guest worshipers. They, they've traveled a long way to be with us here this morning. Um, they're, they're from Oklahoma. So we're just excited to be able to have them. Most of you are familiar with them because they've, they've been with us before for worship. And so this is an exciting opportunity for us to be able to worship together with them this morning. So thank you so much for coming out. Our Father, which are 
the paper And it seems like things get bleaker every day But for this child of God it makes no difference Cause things are bound to get better either way I have never been more thrilled about tomorrow Sunshine's always breaking through my sky so gray This morning, uh, my name is Blake Bowler Jack, and this is my wife Jenna. Hi. And we're glad to be back. We had such a great time last time we were here. Yeah, a couple years and, ago. Uh, yeah, it was. Mm -hmm. And we're from Oklahoma City, so we drove up here for you guys, and yeah. then we're driving all the way back down because our next few dates are in Texas. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that's kind of our uh, traveling schedule right now. And uh, we have a lot of things that kind of happen when we're on, when we're on the road. This trip has been very uneventful, which is good. That's good. And, uh, but a few months ago, several months ago, we were at a little town in Kansas, and we just sang a concert that night, and the pastor took us out to IHOP for a late-night supper after the concert was over. So we were at IHOP about 10 o'clock at night. It was just us and another couple. And, uh, and then, and then f about five minutes into our meal, this police officer walks in along with a guy from SWAT, in full body armor. And I don't know if you've all seen our, our black van out there in the, in the uh, um, parking lot there. It's about a 24-foot van that we travel in. Well, they walked in, and the police officer said, does somebody own a big black van out there? And I raised my hand, and I said, I, I do. Is, is, is there a problem? And he said, yes, sir, there is. He said, there's a lady who called us, and she said, there's a big black creepy van in the parking lot of IHOP and she thinks there's a dead body in the back. <laughs> and I did exactly what you did. I laughed, which did not make me look, you know, good to the police officer. And I said, oh, you're serious? He goes, I, I am, I'm dead serious. And so I, I'm dead serious, okay. I tossed him my keys, and I said, I said, sir, feel free to look all through there. Just please put things back if you take things out. But yeah, feel free to look all, th all through the van. And he looked down at the keys. He looked back up at me. 
He looked down at the keys. This is a true story. He looked up at me again and he said, you know what? You don't look like the dead body type. <laughs> and he let me go. And uh, then he let me know that my tags were expired, but he didn't give me a ticket. And, uh, and then the waiter came by a little later and she said, I don't think you realize how big of an ordeal this was. Your van was completely surrounded. And I ran outside just, to see, just in time to see eight squad cars in a big van that said SWAT on the side of it pulling away, and I, pull, I pulled out my phone, and I went Facebook Live. <laughs> and uh, my mom saw that the next morning, and she called me up just horrified, and she said, I would have made him look. You should have made him look inside that van. She says, so he knows you don't have a dead body back there. And I said, I said Mom, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. He, he won't find it. So, uh, but we're glad to be here with you this morning. We are going to have a good time, but we are going to, we are going to worship the Lord this morning. And so we're going to get started with this next song here. I think you guys might know this one. Would you stand with me? Let's worship together. How great thou art, 
the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. Oh, shame is a prison as cruel as the grave Shame is a robber, he's come to take my name. Oh, love is my redeemer, lifting me up from the ground. Love is the power when my freedom song is found. There ain't no
we love that song. It's one of our brand new ones that came out. Um, and I just, every time, everywhere we sing, I'm like, can we do that one? Let's go sing that one. Because uh, it's exciting. We're singing about truth. We, this is all true. We gather here to worship God. It's true. It's not just something that we're just comforting ourselves with. This is true. You can lean into it and you can trust it. Um, a couple of years when I, ago when I came, I shared my testimony about going through cancer. I went through breast cancer five years ago and I was 31 years old. And knowing that this is true, that it's a win-win situation, whether God heals us here on earth or takes us to heaven, it was just it life-changing for going through something like that. You know, there was one moment where um, I had just got out of surgery and I guess it was a few days later and I hadn't seen what was under the bandages yet. I hadn't seen the scars or what anything looked like. Um, and I stood in front of the mirror and I was by myself and I was like, okay, now or never, I gotta, I gotta see this. Um, and I started peeling off the bandages and in what could have been a really terrible moment, I feel like God reached down and said, look, proof of what I walked with you through that I carry on my body. And so I think our scars, whether they're physical or our scars um, that we may carry from mental or emotional, where we've been hurt, praise God, we can, we can look at them as proof and reminders of what he walked with us through. Just three nails for all the world to read. A crown of thorns that pierced his face. A wooden cross would mark the place where love held the scars for us. Love still holds us.
Thank you so much, Blake and Jenna. Thank you for sharing not just your musical talent with us this morning, but also your story and how God has provided in your life and taken care of you, even in the midst of an IHOP parking lot. So thank you for that. Um, this morning, then, as we turn our attentions, we will, uh, we will turn our attentions now to the proclamation of God's word and preaching. We have a, we have a special treat as Pastor Rick Stangheli is back with us this morning. For those of you who maybe don't know Rick, I know most of you do, but there are probably some amongst us who are not familiar with Pastor Rick. Pastor Rick was the, uh, was the founding and senior pastor of, of Lakes Free Church, and so it's a delight to be able to hear, um, to hear him exposit God's word for us this morning. All right. Well, thank you, Stephen. It is great to be with you this morning and to get to share from God's Word again. And uh, just the delight that there is in hearing the Word proclaimed and seeing the truth of Jesus lived out among a, a congregation of people is just a great joy. And so I'm looking forward to sharing this morning. And thank you, Blake and Jenna, for your ministry to us and sharing in music. That was powerful. Well, I, I want to ask you the question. Have you been enjoying this series in John? I mean, I, I just think it's been wonderful. I think Pastor Jason, Pastor Stephen, and the others who have spoken have done a great job bringing to us the Word of God. And I love John. It is one of my favorite books in the Bible. I love the way that he presents Jesus. I mean, he tells these stories um, because he wants us to feel like we are there seeing Jesus perform these wondrous miracles. He wants us to feel like we are there when we hear him teaching and in the passage today when we hear him praying. And John is not concerned with, you know, giving us a bunch of head knowledge or information. He wants this to be something that changes our life. I mean, he wants us. If you, if you do not know Jesus as your Savior and Lord yet, he wants you to believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that by believing you may have life in his name. He wants you to come into that kind of intimate relationship with Jesus that the disciples knew as well. And so we're going to look at this passage today that is the uh, end of Jesus' high priestly prayer Pastor Stephen spoke on the first two parts uh, last week, and he was giving me a hard time that I got to have the end of it where, you know, Jesus prays for us. He prays for those who are going to believe in him through the witness of the disciples. So let's uh, listen to God's word as I read it for us, and then we'll get into the message. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I and them and you and me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, 
the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. Let's pray. Father, what a beautiful and powerful passage this is. As we listen in on the prayer that Jesus prayed before he went to the cross, he knew what awaited him, and yet he spoke these words of compassion and desire for us that we would come into a relationship with you and that we would know that same unity, that same fellowship that you experience between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus, guide us today as we look at your word, and I pray that you would guide my words as I share. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you were to look back on the past 15 months or so that we've lived through, and you were going to try and summarize what we've experienced, what words would you use? I mean, when I look back on what has happened in these past 15 months, sadly, I would say that uh, one of the things we've experienced in our country is a lot of division. You know, you look at uh, the political situation in America and how divided it is, and if you think back to the start of 2020, uh, there was an impeachment going on. And then it ended the year with this uh, closely contested election and a divided Senate and Congress and people uh, disagreeing about who won or who lost or all those kind of things that were happening. That division exists. There's the racial tension that we have felt. And it came to a head with the killing of George Floyd by a police officer in Minneapolis, but that wasn't the first. There have been other situations that kind of built to a head, and then it just spilled out. There were protests and there were riots. We saw firsthand the uh, looting and destruction that took place in Minneapolis as a result of what happened there. And people, again, divided and polarized. There were some who were calling, you know, defund the police. It's all a police problem. And then there are others who are going, are you nuts? I mean, we don't need fewer police. We need police to establish law and order. And we've been seeing what's happened uh, in the Twin Cities with the increase in lawlessness and violence. And sadly, that's happened in many major cities across the country. And then... On top of all that was this pandemic that was going on. I mean, in March of last year, when we got the uh, news of this pandemic, this virus that had come to the United States now, and the concern that health authorities had, and then they began to say, okay, we need to shut down, shut down the economy. We had the stay-at-home orders. We had high unemployment. Our schools went to distance learning. Uh, you know, there was isolation. And again, people took sides and they polarized on that. And some were, you know, calling it fake news and saying it's overblown or it's nothing more than a, a flu. And others were saying, no, we need to follow the science or we need to listen to the experts or we need to do what they're saying. And all of that just affected our lives in such a dramatic way. Wearing masks 
became a divisive issue. You know, some people thought, yes, we should, and others thought, why are we doing this? And sadly, all of that spilled into the church. In fact, in my 40 years of ministry, I have never seen a year like this past year that became so divisive. And for many pastors, this has been the most difficult year of their ministry. No matter what decision you made or the elders and pastors made together, somebody would be happy and somebody would be upset about it or think it was the wrong decision. And many of those pastors are weary and many are ready to quit. And looking at this from my perspective, it felt to me like what had happened was we took our eyes off of Christ. And, and we were so focused on the circumstances and all this stuff going around that we forgot to keep the main thing the main thing. That God has called us to honor him. He has called us into a relationship where we are to know him and to make him known. We are to go into all the world and make disciples of all peoples. We're to lift him up. And, you know, God is not bound by political situations. He's not bound by pandemics. He's not bound by all of these circumstances that happen in our world. God is still at work. He is sovereign. He has a plan and he has a purpose for all things. And he wants us to trust him. And when I came to this passage that I was asked to preach on this morning, where Jesus prays for the unity of the church, I just thought, this is so good. This is, this is what we need to hear. This is a word for us today in this environment in which we are living. And so I want us to think about what Jesus says here. I want us to look at unity. We'll look at some of the different aspects of it, and I'm going to highlight what Jesus prayed for in this text. First of all, I want us to think about the gift of unity, the gift that this is, that unity is not something we create. You know, it's not something we try to put together and make. It is a gift from God, and it comes out of our relationship with Christ. I mean, it's the very fact that God has called us to be his children, brought us into his family, adopted us, and we are now brothers and sisters in Christ. That's what unites us. It's our relationship with him. And it doesn't mean that there won't be differences among us. In fact, we see that clearly taught in Scripture in 1 Corinthians 12 when the Scripture talks about how we are like a body, a physical body where we're not all a hand, we're not all an eye or an ear or a foot or, you know, the different parts of the body. We all have different gifts, different passions, different abilities. But when we keep our eyes on Christ and we use those to glorify him and to build up the body of Christ, the whole church grows. And there's joy in that. We have different abilities, but we all serve one Lord one Lord and Savior. And he is the reason that we are here this morning. You know, one of my favorite memories in ministry goes back to October of 1997 when we chartered a bus from our church and about 50 guys loaded in there for the overnight drive to Washington, D.C. 
where we participated in the Promise Keepers rally that was taking place there. And that was a time where more than a million men, some say one and a half million men, filled that Capitol Mall space, and we came together not to protest, not anything like that. We came together to pray for our country. And when they started that day on that Saturday morning, they uh, asked us, they said, you know, you guys have come from all over the nation, and we want you to just shout out the church that you came from. And so it was like one, two, three, and everybody shouted out the name of the church, and you couldn't understand a thing. All you heard was this kind of rumble and roar of the men shouting out where they were from. And then they asked us to shout out the name of the one who is our Savior and Lord, the one who we worship and serve, the reason why we are here. And it was like one, two, three, and all of those men shouted out, Jesus! And you could hear it so clearly as that name of Jesus just rang and echoed across the Capitol Mall and off of all of those buildings. It was a holy moment. It's one of those times that I will never forget how that sounded as we came together to proclaim and lift up the name of Jesus. What is it that unites us? It's him. It's our relationship with Christ. So even though we cannot create unity ourselves, we don't make that. That's a gift that's given. What is our responsibility as members of the body of Christ? Well, the scripture is very clear on this. In Ephesians 4, 3 to 6, it says that we are to make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. For there is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. We are to make every effort to keep that unity. In other words, it is to be a high priority for us as believers in Christ that we are committed to that. How do we do that? Well, Jesus talked about that in, his, uh, in the passages we've been looking at in John, in John 13, 34, and 35. He said, a new command I give you, that you are to love one another as I have loved you, so you are to love one another. And by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So here he's saying to those disciples who had come from their different backgrounds and different passions and gifts and understanding, I want you to be united. I want you to love each other. I want you to be willing to lay down your life for one another. And he calls us in our church to love one another in that same deeply committed way so that the world will know that we are followers of Jesus. That's powerful. And he also calls us to listen and to obey those that God has placed as shepherds in our life. Hebrews 13, 17 says this, have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. 
Those are powerful. I mean, on that day when we stand before the Lord and we give an account of our life, there is going to be a line for pastors, and you don't want to get in that line. You know, that, that's probably going to be a long line, but pastors are going to give an account for the way that they shepherded and led their church. But in the same way, as members of the body of Christ, as followers of Jesus, there is an accountability for how did you follow those shepherds? And did you make their work a joy and not a burden? You know, I, I really felt blessed to pastor this church for 32 years because you have been such a gracious congregation. And you have been so encouraging and supportive. And I have been happy with the way that you have supported Pastor Jason, Pastor Stephen, Pastor Ken, Pastor Justin, and in their work that they have done. But I know that there have also been hard things this year. And hard emails and hard conversations or things where people question and didn't agree with things that were done. And sadly, some left. And I know that weighs on every pastor's heart because you feel such a burden for your flock. You pray for those that God has placed under your charge. You preach and teach the Scripture. You lead to the best of your ability. And it is such a blessing when God's people encourage and support and lift up their pastors. And I want to thank you for doing that for our staff here. Secondly, what we see in this text is the standard for unity in verse 21. The standard is the unity that exists between the Father and the Son. I mean, look at that. He said, he is praying that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. Wow. That, that's a high calling, isn't it? I mean, that's like when... The scripture says to husbands that you are to love your wives as Christ loves the church, totally, sacrificially. Or wives, you are to honor or submit to your husbands as unto the Lord, uh, as the church submits to Christ. I mean, that's a high calling. And you think about the unity that exists in the Trinity between God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It, it's perfect unity. It is perfect love. It's perfect submission. It's perfect humility. I mean, the Father glorifies the Son. The Son glorifies the Father. The Holy Spirit comes to point people to Jesus. There's no self-centeredness. There's no thinking about, you know, uh, their own role and are they getting enough attention or are they getting enough, you know, feedback or things like that. No. There's this perfect unity that exists between the three persons of the Godhead. And you may look at that and you say, you know, that, that's impossible. I can't do that. Well, you are right. None of us can. And that's why we need Christ. And that's why the Apostle Paul will tell us to look to Christ as our example and to know how important it is that we live our lives in his power. In Philippians 2, verses 1 to 4, 
Paul said, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but rather in humility value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. So, you know, let's do a little poll here. I mean, have you ever been encouraged by being in the body of Christ? Well, <laughs> I hope so. I hope that has been a great blessing to you. Have you ever felt any comfort from his love or how his love is shown through others in the body of Christ? Yeah. Has there been any common sharing in the spirit where you have seen God at work through the ministry of others and God has blessed you and you have just felt touched by that? Well, yeah. And you, you go through this list. Have you experienced any tenderness and compassion? Yes. Then make my joy complete, Paul says, by being like-minded, one in spirit and one in mind. And when the church operates that way, when the church gets that and we work together in love, it's a foretaste of heaven. It is just a taste of what is to come and the joy that we experience in our relationships here. Our attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Thirdly, he talks about the power of unity here, and we've been touching on that already. Our unity in Christ is a powerful witness to the world. He prays, may they be one so that the world may believe that you sent me. There is power in that corporate witness of the body of Christ when believers truly love one another. And not only that, not only is it a witness to the unbelieving world, but it is also an encouragement to us. I mean, I, I follow closely um, the prayer requests that get sent out from our church or go to the Caring Bridge sites where people are going through struggles in their life and we pray. And I, I want to tell you from... People I've talked to, you know, when you have that post and you say we're praying or you share a word or a scripture or something that's an encouragement, I mean, that just builds people up. It gives them strength that one of the toughest points in their life when they're going through these physical health challenges or trials in their life, to know that others are praying I mean, that is so encouraging. And time and time again, I will, people say, I will hear people say that, you know, I don't think I could have got through this time without that. I could sense that people were praying for me. I could just feel that strength that came, and we need that, all of us. And I also think back on how God has used things like our men's advance or the women's retreats or the student ministry retreats or Bible camps, summer camps, things like that, to bring people to Christ. You know, so many years we've had a men's advance where guys have invited a friend to come, and that friend may not be a believer, or maybe he's kind of walked away from the church and he's struggling in his relationship. And he comes to that man's advance and he sees guys who, you know, are just ordinary guys. 
And they enjoy fishing or golfing or, you know, shooting guns at the firing range or, you know, taking out their ATVs and going for rides in the woods and all of those kind of things. And they hear them interact or sit around the campfire talking and sharing what's going on in their life or heart. And all of a sudden, these guys will go, there's something different here. You know, they sense it. They sense the presence of Christ and working in the hearts of these people. And we've had so many through the years who have come to know Christ at each of those settings. Even things like the soccer camp this week where kids invited friends to come and they heard the gospel shared in the setting of just learning how to play soccer. And God uses that to draw people to Christ. I'm one of those kids who at a Bible camp when I was 10 years old, gave my life to Christ because a friend invited me to go to camp with him. And I look out at you today and I wonder how many of you also came to know Christ at a camp or a retreat or an event like that where someone invited you to come and you heard the gospel shared. There is power in the unity of the church. Well, the key to unity, fourthly, is the indwelling Christ. In verse 23, he says, I in them and you in me, may they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you have sent me. That's where the power comes from. It is the indwelling Christ. Remember in John 14, Pastor Jason was preaching on this passage when he said that Jesus said, I'm going to ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. Another of the same kind. In other words, a helper who is going to be, who would come and who would indwell you and who would be like Jesus. He's the third person of the Trinity. And it's been fun this summer in the uh, adult class that we've been having to look at the ministry of the Holy Spirit and to understand Jesus is saying here, that you know it's better for you that I go to heaven because if I don't return to heaven, the Holy Spirit won't be sent. And it is better to have Jesus in you than Jesus beside you. It's better to have that Holy Spirit working in and through you than for Jesus to have remained in his earthly body here. And he promised that that spirit would come and he would guide us into the truth. He would convict the world of sin and righteousness and judgment. He would pray for us. He would intercede for us. I mean, all of these things that the Holy Spirit does that are such a gift. And when Christ comes into our hearts, he changes us from the inside out. When we abide in him and walk with him, he bears fruit through us. But the key then to unity is our relationship to Jesus and growing closer to him. When I would do pre premarital counseling with couples that would come in, I would sketch a triangle and I'd say, okay, here's Jesus at the top of the triangle and, and you, future husband, future wife, here you are. And we'll put you down here at the bottom of this triangle and I'd say, the closer you go to Christ, the closer you are going to grow to one another. And if Jesus is the Lord of your life and he's the Lord of your life, he doesn't fight against himself. 
You know, he, he brings you together. And yeah, that doesn't mean you're going to have some, uh, you won't have challenges or struggles, things that you need to work at, but you come alongside each other like this and you look to Christ and he gives the wisdom and strength to handle those things. And we see that work time and time again. We see it happen in the church. I mean, and when I look back on those years and watching you use your gifts of ministry and how uh, you work together, whether it was building a church or doing an outreach event or teaching our children and our youth, it was such a blessing. It was such a blessing to see each one joyfully using their gifts in service of God. God was honored, and we got to share in the joy. And then the fifth thing I see here is the goal of unity. And the goal that is talked about here is Jesus saying, I want you to be with me. The goal is to be with Christ and to see his glory. I mean, look at that. In verse 24, he says, Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you love me before the creation of the world. Isn't that amazing? I mean, Jesus wants you to spend eternity with him. It's why he created you. You were made for his glory. You were made to have a relationship with him. And someday he wants you to come and spend eternity with him. In John 14, remember this passage where he said, in my Father's house are many rooms. I'm going there to prepare a place for you that you also may be where I am. Wow. He is preparing a place for us. He wants us to see his glory and the Father's glory. You know, and I, I, I get that in a, a small way when I think about how when our uh, sons were growing up, I wanted them to see the farm where I grew up. I wanted to see where I walked and worked and the land and the area that I lived on. And so they kind of understand and get me and those things that built into my life. I loved when Gil and I had the opportunity to go back to both Norway and Sweden to see the places where my grandfather and my grandmother came from and to understand their world and what they left behind at age 20 to come to America to find a better life and new opportunities. But that's nothing compared to what it's going to be like in that day when we see Jesus. And Jesus says, I want to show you my father's house. I want to show you the room that I prepared for you. I want you to see my glory and the glory of the angels and the wonder of this heavenly place. Isn't that going to be awesome? I mean, that, take that thought through the week and just meditate on that this week and think about what that's going to be like someday. And so I look at this passage and I think, if this is where we are headed and we're all going to be there together in heaven, doesn't it make sense that we should work at getting along today? I mean, doesn't it just change things and how you work together? You know, and I, I would say, quite honestly, and exhorting you, you know, if this year you've been a grumbler and complainer and you 
poured that out on somebody, would you go to them and apologize and ask their forgiveness? And, and would you go before the Lord and admit that to him too and ask for his forgiveness? And instead, would you make your commitment, set your heart to love one another, to be a blessing, to be an encouragement, and to use your gifts and abilities for the glory of God and the building up of his church so that others might come to know him too. Let's keep our eyes on Christ and let's walk with him. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for calling us into a relationship with your son and for adopting us into your family. Forgive us for those times when we have grumbled and complained. And Lord, help us to love one another just as you love us. Help us to keep our eyes on you and to do all that we can to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace so that you might be glorified and the world might know that Jesus is Lord. Amen. Well, Blake and Jenna are going to come and share one more song with us.
Amen. That's right. Thank you so much for your ministry this morning. Uh, we are going to be taking an exit offering for Blake and Jenna and their ministry as they leave. Uh, uh, we are so blessed to have them here today. This is the way that they carry out their ministry. It's through the generosity of God's people who, who give. And so today, uh, there'll be ushers at the back or upstairs as well in the balcony. And we encourage you to give. Uh, you can do uh, cash or you can write a check. If you write a check to Lakes Free Church, we'll be sending one check to them uh, after everything is totaled. Or if you're not prepared to do that, you can stop by their table where they have music uh, available and things you can buy. You can also make a donation that way using a credit card uh, at their table and you can stop by and see them. But it was just a blessing to have them with us this morning. Now would you please stand for our benediction as we close. And now may the God who gives endurance and encouragement give us a spirit of unity among ourselves as we follow Christ Jesus so that with one heart and one mouth we may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Hi everybody, Pastor Jason here, and I wanna thank you for joining us for our online worship service this morning. I pray it's been a blessing to you. I wanna encourage you now to visit our church website, www.lakesfree.org. There you can find more information about our church, you can find updates on the latest happenings here at Lakes Free, and you can find an abundance of resources for further teaching, equipping, and encouragement. So please check that out. We also have a prayer link there on our homepage where you can submit prayer requests, and we would love to pray for you. And if you'd like to continue your worship by giving to the work of the Lord here at Lakes Free Church, we have a very clear and simple giving link there on our homepage, and we would appreciate your support. I want to thank you again for being with us this morning. I pray that you have a blessed week, and we will look forward to seeing you soon.